0: Welcome to the Foundations Podcast Series, where we build our present on the foundations of the future. On each episode, we'll feature either an educational, tactical guide, or a special guest whose story will help pave the way to a stronger foundation in life, business, and beyond. This show is sponsored by the SalesCast Community, a place where entrepreneurs and sales leaders build revenue-first podcasts. Join the community for free at salescast.community. I have my friend Cap on the show today. He invited me onto his podcast, The Directed Life, and we had a really in-depth conversation. I shared shared a a bit of my conversion story, spiritual journey, um, how this business has been um, a, a surrender business. And Cap actually is in a really similar kind of space. Um, he does show marketing through Reveal Media. He's the founder there. But today we're going to talk about the directed life, the logo on his cap, and how that laid a whole new foundation for his career. I'm really honored that Cap and I get to do similar work in this field and that we're that we're connected today. Cap, how you doing?
1: Chris, I'm so glad to be here and I'm super grateful that you and I actually met through LinkedIn and began this uh, this virtual remote relationship and to see how you as a believer, as a kingdom builder, as me as a guy who loves Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, how we both have a hunger and a love for storytelling and how God is I mean, you and I didn't know each other before we discovered that we were kind of building the same uh, same sort of business and same sort of providing the same sort of services to our customers to, to find somebody else that God has put the same vision in their heart. It's an, it's evidence to me that God is just doing something amazing in the marketplace yeah. when it comes to storytelling. So it's really a privilege to know you.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. The, the feelings mutual. If you succeed, that means we're closer to our mission and if we succeed that means we're closer to your mission so we might as well work together. What is the what's the point of not doing that? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's actually I, I was talking to, you know in this terms of storytelling, sharing stories from a personal perspective and I'm hoping we could riff on this and get to the, uh, talk about the logo that's on your hat. But I came up with four ways to share a personal story and like some tips around that. Number one is to have a reason for sharing it. What's the moral of the story? Like, what's something you want someone to take away? Number two is to set the stage, create the universe to help someone understand the story, engage the senses. What did you see? What did you hear? What did you feel? What did you, uh, what did you, you know, smell? Right. But then to make it human and relatable within that universe. Number three is to tie it back to today. So how did those lessons impact the person that you are today? And number four is actually to exaggerate carefully. And what does this mean? It means like to avoid hyperbole, to stick to the truth, the simple truth. Um, because allow, allow the actual truth and the simplicity, but allow the Holy Spirit to convict another person versus trying to like overemphasize certain points or, you know, I, and, um and, but the one caveat to that, that I've added to this storytelling formula is that um if it's going to, if you have something like negative as a part of the story, it's, it's okay to change circumstances or names or specifics to protect others reputations. This is just a good idea from a legal perspective. So you don't get sued. But, but also, you don't want to be caught discouraging or tearing down others. We, we want our words and our stories to, to encourage and uplift others. Um, anyhow, with that, I, I think that sets the tone for today's conversation. And I'm just going to pass the mic to Cap. I know he's got a lot of good stuff to say.
1: Where do I begin? I mean, man, you, you clearly know your stuff when it comes to storytelling. Just to kind of give the, the audience a little bit of background of who I am. I'm from the DC area originally and uh through high school I mean this is we're we're talking about faith here I was not a believer I was my parents took me to church every single week growing up but it was it was stale we were part of a Methodist church I had no idea what it meant to have a relationship with God much less the Holy Spirit Yeah I didn't know the need for salvation God and religion became super irrelevant to me and I became an atheist in high school and you can imagine all the things that that came with, came with partying, came with hanging out with girls. But one of the things that I was really passionate about in high school was skateboarding. And so we'd go skateboarding. Me and my buddies, would go downtown in DC and we'd go uh, shred it up. And then we, we would bring a camera with us to go and film our tricks. That was kind of like what you would do in skate culture is, you know, go get tricks and get some footage and figure out how to edit it together and show your <laughs> friends. And so- yeah that began this journey for me where I like learned how to edit videos. And I actually, I really, I didn't realize how much I loved it, but I almost loved it more than skateboarding. I probably ended up actually loving it more than skateboarding. I would spend my afternoons just editing this footage, trying to figure it out, trying to piece it together, add music, cut to different angles, things like that, cut out all the mistakes. So like all all the stuff that you do in filmmaking is what I was learning through skateboarding. And then, Came to this point where my dad was asking like, hey, what do you want to do for college? And I I told him, you know what? I don't know if college is for me. I wasn't a super academic kid, got decent grades, but I was more of a creative, more of an entrepreneur trying to find ways to make money, even if it was illegal. But I was I was more just kind of creating my own path. And my dad had told me, you know, we actually we've created a a college fund for you. So you're going to college. You just got to pick where you want to go. But you, you can pick something that you want to do, like maybe filmmaking. And I, I responded to him kind of with an eyebrow raise. I was like, filmmaking, you can go to school for that. And I didn't even know film school was like a legit thing. And so I went down this track of like looking up schools, found the University of Miami, which I was like, dude, Miami, hot girls, uh, film <laughs> school, sign me up. That sounds like fun. So uh went to Miami, fall, fell in love with the school, but long story short, I just you know, went down the rabbit hole of fraternity life, partying, all that sort of stuff. And up until this point, as an atheist, I was the director of my own life. And I had this vision for my career that as a filmmaker, I was going to make it big. I was going to see my name in lights, see my name on the credits of all these big movies and stuff like that. I was doing music videos for rappers and just really just some really kind of raunchy stuff. Um, and, uh, but this is, this was the kind of the, the career that I was laying out for myself. Mm. And I, I came to this point of just realizing like, you know, I had everything that the world would promise. I had, I girls, I had partying, I had a fraternity, I had a business in college and I had kind of fame on campus and I, I was getting known for my, my film work and it wasn't fulfilling at all. And I came to this place of just, you know, my friend who, my only friend who was a Christian at that time, he shared the gospel with me that Jesus died for my sin, that I needed a savior, that I was destined for hell, but God had a different plan in mind. So he sent Jesus to pay the price that only he could pay so that I could be reintroduced to the director of my story. Because you know this, Chris, but the Bible says that God created every person he wrote every day that they would live in a book before he, before they lived one Ephesians two ten says that we are his workmanship, which means we are his masterpiece. And he predestined for us to do good works before the foundations of the heaven, heavens and the earth. And so here you and I are living this life before we know Jesus, according to our script, according to, to our direction. And it doesn't lead anywhere. Good to like, Mm. you know, full stop. You can, you can enjoy it for a little while, but at the end of the road, it's not a happily ever after story. And because my friend had the courage to share the gospel with me, it basically thrust me into this place of wanting to know who Jesus was myself for myself. Mm. And I came into this encounter with the Holy spirit and the Holy spirit said to my heart, there's only room on the set of your life for one director and you need to get out of the director's chair. And so that moment for me of surrendering to Jesus was exactly what this logo right here, for those who are listening audibly and not seeing this visually, on my hat is an upside down director's chair. And the symbol for that for me is I'm flipping my chair. There's only room on set of my life for one director, and I can't fit in that chair. That only belongs to one. It belongs to Jesus. And from that day in college, I turned in my cool card. I handed in, uh, I, I turned in all of the vision and dreams that I had for myself, my craft, my career, my calling. And I said, God, I want to know what your script has for my career. And here we are, fast forward just a you know, seven, eight years later, and I am living a life and a story that I could never write for myself. And it's fulfilling and it's fun. And I'm still getting to do the things that I love. In fact, every gift that he gave me when it comes to storytelling and podcasting and documentary creation, all that sort of stuff, it's come to life in full color. I didn't realize that my life was just in black and white before, but now it's, everything is, is in 4k HD color. And it just, it all makes sense. And it's vibrant. And I'm just loving the journey, living the directed life.
0: Wow. You went from black and white to technicolor, your craft, your career, your calling. This Image of the upside down director's chair that Jesus is the only one true director that deserves to be in that spot. So, I mean, talk to me about that color. What does that look like today?
1: Today, here's what's really cool about our company. I'll, I'll share this. So, God gave us a vision, He gave me particularly a specific vision. For this company, a few years ago, Reveal Media—that's the company that we have.
0: I we love the name media. Reveal Media. I mean, it's the and and your your branding. I just want to say, for those that are listening, I, I really recommend checking it out. The the every like the, the 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 careful quality and attention to detail in the design, the written word for for each episode. There's so much love that goes into the work that you do. I mean, it's it's so apparent. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying game, game, respect, game. I mean, you're doing great work.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Praise God. And and that's, you know, I'm a filmmaker first. So the podcasting world, I kind of just, to be honest, I kind of stumbled into because I wanted a more efficient way to create more content. And so, Mm -hmm. but for me as a filmmaker first, I I look at content through the lens of, of film production and editing and all that sort of stuff. So we have... We have a team that's like they're, they're really film craft in their mindset when they when they approach this stuff. But the 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 name reveal media this vision. I'll I'll start with the logo actually because the logo it's like this it's like this diamond. So it's got like mm-hmm. this kind of upside down pyramid sort of look, and it's got a line mm-hmm. down the middle. And when when the Lord gave me that vision and He gave me that that logo idea with the name reveal, this was three years before. Uh, or 4 years actually before we even like launched the company and um that that logo i thought was a diamond and he took me on this journey of through the book of daniel and in the book of daniel daniel is this guy who is he's taken captive with all of his people from israel they're taken captive into a land that doesn't even worship their god the the land of babylon and he's forced to to serve this king named king nebuchadnezzar now, what's interesting in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter one, it goes, it talks about this exile, talks about how they're taken captive against their will. But then it talks about how Daniel and his friends, they were uniquely qualified to serve in the king's royal service, King Nebuchadnezzar. Again, a king that didn't worship their God. And it said that Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a bunch of other people probably, they were they were groomed to be excellent in Babylonian literature and language. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, what's so interesting about that is they count, they come out of this spiritual context. They come Mm -hmm. out of this land where people worship God. And it's like, like church, right? Like the church world where everyone speaks Christianese, they're on the same page, they think the same way. And then they're thrust into this secular world. And I, I feel like, man, how easy is it for Christians or believers in general, believers in God, like Jews, Christians, all that. How easy is it for us to reject the things of the world and say, no, 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 no. If I'm in that position, I'm not speaking their language. I'm sticking to my Kumbaya session. We're going to sing the songs that I like. We're going to talk. We're going to speak the language that we like. But Daniel and his friends, they embraced it. More than embraced it, they became experts in the language of the of the land of the enemy occupied territory that they lived in. Mm-hmm. And I look at what is what is Babylonian literature and language today? We live in Babylon. Like look at look yes. around. We live in a godless culture. But what is Babylonian literature and language today? To me, it's everything you see in these devices. This is how people yeah. communicate today. This is this is the language of our culture. And so for me, it was this moment of. Am I going to reject this gift of filmmaking for such a time as this when it's so much more comfortable and more fun to serve churches, to serve believers, or am I willing to go out into the marketplace and serve kings, even like crazy, you know, difficult kings to work for, like King Nebuchadnezzar, who wants to kill everyone around him when they can't interpret his dream. Am I willing to go where it's uncomfortable and be a light and be a representative of the kingdom? and become excellent at this thing so that I might have a seat of favor and position with these, with these people. And so that's what we want to do at reveal media. Just like Daniel served King Nebuchadnezzar with excellence with his media with, cause that's what he was. He was a medium. He was amongst other mediums and the root word for medium is media. He was, he was amongst this group of people who were interpreting the visions for the King. And yet he was without compromise and that's what we want to do. And and I've said this before on a, on a on a video that we've done. To me, like we're mining the gold out of our customers, out of these kings in the marketplace, just like Daniel did. Daniel just took this vision that was from God. King Nebuchadnezzar didn't realize it was from God, but it was from God. And he was able to mine it out and interpret it and show it back to him and show him this is what God put in your heart. And that's what our desire is, is to treat this business like a vehicle for ministry. And the podcast setup, the the microphone, the camera, the lights, it's not about this. This is just the pickaxe. This is the tool to yeah. mine it out of these people. But God's, you know, God's God's gonna bless a business. He's that's so easy for him. But what God's really after and what we're really excited about is working with these customers in the marketplace that don't know him, but will know him when we have the opportunity to reveal that vision in their heart.
0: You know what my favorite part of setting up a new show is? My favorite part, I don't know how you guys do it. My favorite part is spending some time with the new host, learning about, like you said, the the dreams that they're having. And And then I get them to tell me the real dream. It's like the first tape is usually just, it's just like a recording, the same thing they tell everybody. And then you go a little deeper. And then you find out what, what truly what, what what's truly on their heart. And then as an artist, I like to obsess over how do I make how do I show them that thing that's better than what they could ever imagine, but it really is just what was inside of them all along. And then they see that art for the first time with that name that they were almost embarrassed to have. Wow. And that 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 reflection that they could not look at. And then it's it's reflect it's shown it's shown in a way that that they're like, wow, I, I actually do want to share this. And the second favorite part is the first episode we do with someone, which is I want to get to know the host, because I, I believe that someone's coming in off of episode twenty or one hundred and They're going to come back to episode one to see how it started. And I ask the, the the new host, the same question every time, which is imagine this is a time capsule. What do you want to tell yourself a hundred episodes in? What do you want to make sure that you remember? And usually whatever comes out in that moment becomes the core values of whatever this new brand is. And then I write the, and then we write the description of what the show is and, and, and usually within three, four, five, six months, this, this, um, this new identity, is not really new. It's just someone realizing who they were made to be. And then you get into community. Now you're in triadic relationships between the guest, the host and, and the audience That the, this, this new, this new identity now in community, you can't help but for growth to happen. Like that's where God comes in and grows. Like we can't necessarily control growth, but we can allow that wave of blessing to kind of come in. And when you when you apply this to a business from the top down if you get leadership to really lean into this strategy it's it's kind of interesting how sales and like the acceleration of whatever the business's goals are just kind of happen yeah and but but it, it it takes this initial transformation at the root like cap is saying to reveal the gold for this to first take place and I I mean so I mean I just described like a little bit about what what that process is. Um, I mean you know what's your favorite part of, of all this? Of the work I, that to you be do? Be honest. It,
1: yeah, it's probably the same the same element because and that's what um the the logo again, the logo for the company is like this this upside down diamond figure. I had a friend who came up to me and he said, "You know what? I can see that diamond. I can see that it's a diamond, but you know what it also really looks like? He said it looks like a tent. I was
0: like,
1: oh. Okay. Like, explain a little bit like I was already kind of seeing what he was saying. I was like, explain a a little bit more what you mean. But I was thinking like the this imagery of like you're going on a you're going on a, a trip and you're trying to like you see a mountain and we equate like the vision that God's given these people in the marketplace. It's like, he's given them this inheritance of a mountain. They literally mm-hmm. have this mountain and it's like, he's told them there's gold inside of this mountain. You just got to dig it out. And so mm-hmm. you have all these leaders who are like, I know what our the value of our company is, but other people can't see it and we don't know how to communicate it. And we don't know how to get in there and mine it out. We just can't figure it out. And so for our company, like what I think the, you know, cause production value, it's great. I love it. And we have an amazing team and they're anointed and they love Jesus and they're doing a great job putting it together. But what I, what I really feel like is the most fun for us is like, is having the showrunner. That's what we call our people who are like helping actually execute the show alongside that customer. The showrunner is like the guide that takes you around the mountain. And it's like, they're setting up the tent and you guys like, the customer and the showrunner are in the tent and they're planning out like, okay, here's where we're going to go and we're going to take out, you know, we're going to uh, take on this mountain. But this is where it gets really interesting. In, yeah, like base in the, camp. Of, in the book of Exodus, when the Israelites are being taken out of Egypt, again, in exile, now they're taken out of exile and they're on their way to the promised land. Moses is the leader at that time and God sets up this tent called the tabernacle where his presence dwells. And Moses goes into that tent to meet with the spirit of God, to encounter God and to get this direction for where are they going to go next? How do we handle these problems? And it says that, uh, it says somewhere in Exodus, I forget which chapter, but Joshua and Moses or Moses goes into the tent with Joshua, who would be his successor. And they're in the tent and they're hearing from God. And then Moses leaves the tent, but Joshua stays in the tent. And that's what's really fun for us is that I I tell our team this all the time. We gotta live in the tent. We because we're a kingdom minded company. I'm open to hire people that don't love Jesus for sure, but we are a kingdom culture f- company first, and we we've attracted a lot of kingdom minded people who want to serve people who don't know God in the marketplace. I have a question
0: for you. I'm gonna interrupt you. So I I want to draw I want to draw something here, which is um. Do you have one physical office where everybody works in?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no,
0: nobody does. No, but yeah. that that. See, like the, the, the temporary structure of the tent, I think, also represents this new ability wow. to cre- wow. create organizations that that are, 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 are not in one building. The church is not a building, friends. Oh, preach. The church is not a building. It's a group of people.
1: <laughs> that's amazing that's a great revelation and it's true Our similar to your company I know because I talked to a, a guy from your team who's in Latvia I'm Latvia so that's yeah
0: our, our Ed is from up. Latvia man. yeah
1: <laughs> we have a, our part a couple of our team members are in Finland so similar part of the world across the ocean We have other team members in Brazil we have team members in in LA we have team members all over. Even my partner, who lives in Omaha, where I live, we don't ever see each other face to face unless it's at church on Sunday because we just work from home. Yeah. So it's cool. But here's what's here's what's so neat about this this imagery of the tent is that's where that's where the vision comes from for our customers. Like Daniel, he didn't receive this vision. He didn't receive, I should say, the interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream when he was kept up at night because this dream was haunting him. He didn't know what it meant. Daniel was able there to be there to interpret it for him. Daniel wasn't able to interpret that dream just because Daniel worked harder than anybody else, though he did, though he was excellent and he worked his tail off. It was a God-given gift. And that revelation came through prayer. And Daniel just sat in the presence of God and said, I need you to reveal this thing to me. And God did. And so for us, for me, it's like, man, whether it's for a customer or even for my own business, the most fun part of it, is is sitting in the tent dude is sitting in the tent whether it's you know we get to invite the customer into the tent with us and sometimes they might want to pray with us through the solutions or we're just praying on their behalf but we as a team are in the tent it's there's a there's an atmosphere of worship and we're just allowing god to download and for me like it comes back to this logo the directed life thing you know i I, I don't want to just build another Christian business and slap a Jesus fish logo on it and say, we're a Christian company. I, you know, I want I Daniel
0: wanna was, a, I badass. Daniel was a badass. Daniel was a badass. That's a Christian term. Badass. <laughs> is it really? He, no. Oh. He went to the king and, and he and he said, I will not eat your food. I will not eat this greasy yeah. steak and beer and carbs and 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 donuts and whatever else they were eating like but you need to be big and strong and you're a part of this now like you need to eat what we eat you need yeah. to drink our wine and our beer and like come on he's like no i put me to the test i chal- challenge me i will have water and vegetables for a set period of time right yeah. and and he was willing to go up against the team the the king directly and yeah. challenge and he, he knew what he was right. Cause he's coming from a very righteous place. And lo and behold, he literally was glowing at the end of this period of water and vegetables and like was willing to stand up for that. And then all of a sudden him and his friends, like they gained a little bit, uh, a, a little bit, you know, more, more freedom in this place too. Right. And, and so I, I wanted to embed that. And, and, and which is why I, I love what you're doing. I and I, and I, um, I don't normally interrupt people, but like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, we're flowing, man. It's yeah. God's in this conversation. And I think that's, what's so fun about even the last conversation you and I had, because, you know, for for those who, who are not familiar with Chris and my relationship up until this point, Chris and I connected in the, in the LinkedIn DMS and transparently, like we had just kind of burned the boats of our business in regards to a lot of other services that we offered and we went all in on B2B video podcasts. And there's there's some other players out there. I mean, Sweetfish Media, we really we look up to them and we look up to Salescast and we look up to Motion Agency. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great agencies and firms out there that do this sort of stuff. And for me, entering into that space and seeing like, man, you know, Chris's team, the content they're putting out, the influence that they have, I I didn't want to like step on toes and, you know, I I just, I respect, I respect, you know, my predecessors in that regard. But Chris reached out to me personally and he said, Hey, I see that we're doing the same thing and I see that you love Jesus. Let's connect. And we got on this call and I was so overwhelmed with gratitude that Chris had the humility and the abundance mindset and really the heart of Jesus to say, Hey, man, we're not competitors. God has called us both to this industry and he he wants to redeem the world of storytelling. And that's so just want to set the stage for that. But it's so cool you and I getting to chat together because we're on a we're on the same mission. You know, like it's like it's it's so odd when churches start to have this competitive mentality about memberships. Like, ew, what are we doing? Like we're supposed to reach the city. We're not supposed to try to steal members from each other and we're not right. to like, you know jockey for position think
0: about think about the human body if you put a new liver in the human body if you transplant a new organ into the human body the body might reject it yeah but but th- there there's two other kinds of growth which is um which is biological growth you create a new child literally or new convert growth altogether a saved soul it does not say be in the aquarium business, transferring fish from aquarium to aquarium. Gosh, no. It does not say make sure that your fish are procreating rapidly for growth. No, we are called to be fishers of men yes. to go out to those that have not experienced this word in the first place. <laughs> That's healthy growth. That That's what healthy. Cap's saying.
1: And back to the Fisher thing, here's what's so cool. The abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. In Luke five, Peter is on the boat of his own boat, doing what he does best, and he's fishing. And he's got this scarcity mindset. He's up at night, he's up through the whole night, trying to fish, trying trying to trying to save his butt or whatever. Uh I love how the, the, the series The Chosen kind of illustrates. We've them,
0: all like, seen episode kind of four. We know yeah.
1: Yeah, so but but regardless <laughs> Jesus comes up on the scene, tells, he directs Peter. This is what it means to live the directed life, especially in your business. Jesus directs him and says, cast your net over the other side, which doesn't make sense to Peter because he had spent the whole night fishing and like what, these fish are just going to appear out of nowhere? So Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll cast my net over. He casts his net over and his fish begin to overflow the net. They start to break the net at the seam. And that brings him to a place of worship and awe before before the Creator of the world, who's standing right in front of him. And so, mm-hmm. for me, when I hear that story, Chris, or I hear that analogy, I'm just thinking, like, dude, who's really running the show here? Is it me? Is it you? Or is it him? And are, can we just trust that as long as we follow his direction, he'll fill our nets. He'll fill all he'll fill all of our nets. All we're called to do is just be directed by him. And I got back to my previous analogy, to live in the tent, to not depart from the tent.
0: So here's a a challenge for all my listeners, anybody seeing this show. If you want a directed life hat, I will get you one on the house. Just send me a DM. Cap's going to give me a link. I will make the purchase and send it directly to you because I want to get one for myself too. So anybody who takes me up on that offer, I will be covering the cost of directed life hats and sending them to you. Cap, how can people reach out, find you, work with you, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Man, uh, I would say the easiest place. Well, I guess the question, Chris, is where would you say this audience that you have lives? Are they all on LinkedIn, or are they on other social platforms, or are they all over the place?
0: Um, Salescast community. So we got to get you in there at some point. Yeah, uh, LinkedIn and yeah. uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, and podcast.
1: Okay, let's start with LinkedIn. Let make LinkedIn's the easiest place. Just follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me, and here's what I would love. Look me up, Cap Chatfield, Cap with a K, like a hat, K-A-P with a K. Look me up, just shoot me a direct message and say that you you heard about me or you listened to me on the Foundations Podcast with Chris Decker. That'd be a great way to connect.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Foundations Podcast Series. Please leave us a review and subscribe. Wanna reach out to me? Just find me on LinkedIn in the show notes below and I'd be happy to talk.